Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. I'm really excited this morning because I do have a word on my heart. That's more than a word. It's something that is so powerful in my own life that as I was preparing the message, I was emotional quite a bit of the time. When Pastor Tony rang me, I was at the hospital having what I have every month, infusions, uh, to boost my immune system. And he rang me and said, you might need to be ready for Sunday. And I probably, like I usually do with him, told him about 10 things I could speak on and then rang him back. I said, no, I think I've got the word. And uh, just to right up front this morning, I'm gonna go down the journey of talking with us today about the incredible gift of encouragement. The power of encouragement. I don't know about you, but the world is in such a discouraged state. But even Christians are, and even meeting with some pastors the other day, they were talking about the people in their church feeling so discouraged. And I thought, wow, it's in times like this that the power of encouragement can so impact our lives. I hate watching the news right now. I hate watching the media. I hate watching what I see because of negativity and, and celebrating the things we shouldn't be celebrating. And yet for those of us that know God this morning, this, these can be some of the greatest days of our life as we walk with God. And so as I was asking Him to speak to me, I came across a Scripture I wanna start with today. And it's in the book of Isaiah chapter eight and verse 10. And it says, call your councils of war, but they will be worthless. Develop your strategies, but they will not succeed. For God is with us. The Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. He says, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. And don't live in dread of what frightens them Make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. And you know, when I look at the Bible and I see where trauma happened in people's lives and, and things happened, God never came with judgment when people turned to Him. He came with, trust me, I'm with you, I'm for you, I'm in you. And without repeating this a lot, because I share about it quite a bit through my own life, the, the suffering, the losing of a son, the going through cancer, I can honestly say in all those situations, while I didn't get the answers I would have liked, there's been a God with me. There is something with me that fills you with an inner joy that circumstances don't affect that joy. And so this morning, I wanna say God here in this passage is talking to Isaiah and saying, yes, I am a God of judgment. Yes, I do deal with things, but you know what? You're doing the right thing, my son. Trust me, I'm with you. And you know, even when we, we come uh, and do things that sometimes we think, well, I don't know if God's pleased with that. We are His kids and He loves us and He reaches out to us and goes, don't fear, I'm with you. You see, we all have an enemy. There is an enemy out there. If there's a God, there's also an enemy. And He has three weapons that I've discovered over all my life to try to bring us down. And that is disobedience, disconnection and discouragement disobedience, disconnection and discouragement. As I look at what's happening with the pandemic, I'm watching people make all kinds of crazy decisions. 
I'm not going back to church. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And, and if the enemy can get us to disobey, then what happens is we come into a place of disconnection. And we start disconnecting with God and those around us and then discouragement comes in. But for every weapon the enemy has, God's got a better one. For every weapon the enemy has, God's got something greater. And for the weapon of disobedience, he has obedience. And in Psalm 32, we won't read it now, David had stuffed up his life, but he comes and goes, what joy there is for those that experience your forgiveness. You see, for disobedience, God has a weapon called obedience and that's not the doorway to suffering, that's the doorway to freedom. That's the doorway to joy. He says, hey, now that I know your forgiveness in my life, I don't wither away anymore. I am full of joy and strength again because of your forgiveness. But you know what? But there's also the power of connection. And you know, the enemy wants to disconnect us, but there is the power that God gives us of godly unity and connection that gives power to our lives. Coming together empowers us. And then for discouragement, there's the weapon of encouragement. And I wanna tell you, encouragement is something so needed today, but it's such an incredible weapon for us as people to exercise in our lives that can take away atmospheres that are, are, are coming towards us that we don't want in our lives. Encouragement brings about incredible breakthrough. We've been talking about, you know, coming together, the power of relationships, you know, uh, through the theme that we've been having in the church, you know, uh, assembly required. And as I look at the life of Jesus Christ, I realise the incredible uh, encouragement that He was to everybody around Him with the power of bringing people together. And in times like this, we should desire gathering more than scattering. And, you know, and Jesus was an incredible gatherer. And as I look at His life through how He exercised encouragement, it absolutely touches my life. And I believe today something powerful can happen in our lives as we understand encouragement. You know, wherever Jesus went, there was no need for advertising. There was no campaign managers. You know, there wasn't sort of, you know, go and beg people to come. People wanted to be around Him. People wanted to gather around Him. In Matthew 13 verse one, Jesus goes down to the shore and an immense crowd gathered. In Mark chapter 133, people gathered to watch Jesus speak. In Mark chapter two, verse two, soon the house where He was staying was packed with people. In Mark chapter four, verse one, once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore and there was such a large crowd along the shore that He got into a boat and taught from there. You say, why are you saying all that? Because we think people just gathered because He met their needs. And yes, that's part of the story, but People gathered around Jesus because He had this ability to lift people, to encourage people and to speak into their lives hope. And you know, often when people look at the church, they think, well, the church has no hope. The church has no answers. We should be the absolute upfront giver of hope to our community right now and to each other in the midst of sad and difficult times. And so as I look at the life of Jesus, I see in Luke 15 verse one that tax collectors, and notorious sinners often, not occasionally, often came to hear Jesus teach. And so 
All my life, I've used the Apostle Paul as a mentor and Jesus as a mentor in my life on how to live my life. And as I look at how Jesus did the encouraging, as I look at how He encouraged, I've tried to model that in my own life. And I pray today that there'll be more than just information, but impartation in what we share. Just three quick examples about the life of Jesus and encouragement. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 to 10, there was a Roman centurion and he had a paralysed, tormented servant at home. And you know, Roman centurions, they were treated, um, you know, not very well in society. They, they weren't liked very much. And the centurion had a sick servant at home and he comes to Jesus one day and says, you don't have to come to my house. You don't, have to, you don't have to follow me home to heal my servant, but could you just speak the Word? I've got faith that if you just speak the Word, something could happen. And Jesus' response to this guy, He goes, wow, that is amazing faith. For you to say that to me is incredible faith. I have not seen such great faith like that in all of Israel. How would you feel? How would you feel if you were encouraged by Jesus like that? Here's the guy feeling should I ask Him? Shouldn't I ask Him? Will He help me? Won't He help me? And He comes with a little bit of fear asking for Jesus to maybe consider helping Him, but knew Jesus could and knew that Jesus could just speak the Word. And Jesus goes to the heart of the man's heart and goes, wow, you're an awesome guy. Incredible faith. How would you feel if Jesus said that about you? You know, such incredible encouragement. There was another time when in Mark chapter 12, Jesus sits opposite the treasury in the temple and there was a widow there and she gave a little bit of money in the offering. We, many of us know the story, but she gave all she had and people were watching and Jesus is watching her put the money in the offering and says, you know what? That woman is amazing. She has given all that she's had. Others were watching and go, is that all she's doing? Is that all she's given? And Jesus is standing back and He goes, wow, look at this woman. Look at what she's done. Can you imagine Jesus encouraging you? Can you imagine the woman hearing Jesus say that? What incredible encouragement there was. There was another time in Mark 14, verses three to four at Bethany in Simon the leper's house. Imagine Jesus going to leper's houses and being with people that were broken. And this woman breaks an alabaster box of beautiful perfume and pours it over Jesus. And people are going, what a waste. What a waste. You know, often we judge people by what's inside of us and go, what a waste. Why would that woman do that? And Jesus goes, leave her alone. What she's doing is so awesome that this story is gonna be told forever all around the world. Can you imagine how that woman would have felt? Hearing the encouragement of Jesus towards her. Let me tell you, encouragement isn't just a nice thing to do. It's a powerful weapon that when we learn the power of encouragement, when people were quick to find the bad, Jesus was quick to find the good. Do you know today, I just wanna say this, criticism, whether it's in the world, whether it's in our society, whether it's in church world, just does nothing good. And when you look at criticism and what it does compared to what encouragement does, you know, we should be deliberately committed to being a people of encouragement. You see, the spirit of criticism never edifies because the focus is always negative. It accentuates our shortcomings and failures. Criticism takes away any sense of trust we may have in each other to achieve a common goal together. 
Criticism enlarges out of proportion the differences between one another, therefore destroying any possibility of mutual understanding. The spirit of criticism very rarely offers solutions for the thing it attacks. So we have cancel culture today in our world and we've got our whole world tearing apart by criticising this and criticising that. No one's coming together to say, how can we find the answers together to what's happening in our world? And yet as Christians today, we have a weapon that we can use, the weapon of encouragement that can lift people, encourage people and transform people to become who they were meant to be. So three things today. Three things today that I just wanna quickly look at, and that is the problem of surface relationships, the power of our words, and God's pattern of encouragement. Very quickly, very briefly, but I pray that it's clear. We have today, even in church world, what I call surface community. How are you going today? I'm good. Because we don't actually don't want someone to tell us we're not going too good. We're too busy, we're on our way to somewhere. How you going? I'm good. And a lot of the time we have this surface relationship where we come together and we just do the surface stuff. And I believe we, we are moving into a new era in Christendom where we're gonna go deeper with our brokenness and our openness. And we're gonna be able to encourage one another as, we cripply, as we're crippled walking through life. We actually are there for one another. We build one another. And I'm gonna stop here and say, since I've been working here at Life, It's been an incredible journey for me. I've travelled the world and I'm not saying that boastfully. I've been in a lot of churches, but what I'm experiencing right now with many of the people in this house is a level of openness, a level of of coming together and talking through the issues, uh, not being afraid, uh, taking off the masks, the ones we should take off, you know, not doing surface relationship. I get to work here on a Tuesday and I get to meet with people uh, hour on hour that come in with some major challenges sometimes in their life. And you know, within minutes, we go to the root of the issue. And within minutes, we start to encourage from the Word. And within minutes, we start to see God intervene. I have sat in the office on some Tuesdays where I've looked at people, I'm saying, can you feel it right now? Can you feel in this room what's happening right now? Because the presence of God comes in as we are open with our brokenness and we don't bring destruction, we bring construction and we bring encouragement from God that lifts people to a new place and brings people to a new relationship with God and one another. And so with surface relationships, many times we just, again, talk on the surface and not get to the deeper issue. And and that's not gonna work in the ministry of encouragement. A radical change from surface fellowship to meaningful encounters are needed if the church is to become a place of encouragement and have a gathering atmosphere. And I believe it's happening. I love sitting in the foyer on a Sunday after church and just listening to people unpack their challenges and and chat through. And I think it's organic church, it's encouragement. It's not a department. Pastoral care is not just a department of a church. When we engage the ministry of encouragement, we're all in this thing together. We lift one another up. I love coming on a Sunday and I go home Sunday afternoon absolutely lifted up just by listening to other people's story. I have a privilege 
a couple of times, once a fortnight, I meet with some of the people here in the, in the church that we're doing a little bit of mentoring with and we have a meal together and, and we talk about the things of God and, and, and often I'm tired when those meetings start, but when everybody goes home, I feel lifted up and I feel, wow, that was so good to do because of encouragement. Let's not underestimate the incredible ministry of encouragement, but it has to be real. Dr. Larry Crabb says, our words are intended to serve the purpose of our own protection. They are self-serving. Therefore, words spoken from a layer are sinful because sometimes we'll speak things to protect ourselves. We'll say things that, that, that cover what's really going on because we're afraid of rejection. And so what we do is we bring out a version of us that isn't really us. I am not saying this to be uh, patronising in any way, but I'm loving what's happening here at the moment. There's something organic happening that's breaking away those things, tearing away those barriers, tearing away those masks, and there's such an openness, and, and I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. It's ministering to me. And I think, guys, let's just keep doing it. Let's just keep doing it. Can I, I read a couple of Scriptures that I didn't read at the beginning. Uh, it says in Philippians 2, verses four and five, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. First Thessalonians 5.11, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. I'm not saying today, let's start something. I'm saying, let's continue something. It's already started but let's keep building on it and let's keep building on it because in this time that we are going through with a pandemic and everything that's happening around us, let me read in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. I believe we've got to move from surface relationships to meaningful, deep acknowledgement of what we're feeling, what we're going through. You know what I love about Life Adelaide? And again, I wasn't gonna go there, but here it comes, is I walk in on a Sunday and I see an intergenerational church, not just a generational church. So you can have the youth over here and the older people, but there doesn't seem to be distinction when I come. There's an inter, an interdenomination, an inter generational connection. And I think that is so healthy because you know we need fathers today. We need mothers today. We need parenting. We, we need, and I watch young people come to me. I'm 65 next week. And uh, young people come to me and go, can you father us through this? Can, can you explain how you handle this? Some of you have been in our home and we've been able to talk through some of the issues that you're going through. And I'm thinking there was a time in my life I would have been too scared to go to a pastor, too scared to go to someone and say, can I talk about what I'm feeling? It's all changing. And I'm so grateful for a healthy church that's rising up, understanding the power of encouraging one another. So let's move from surface relationships. I've got more notes than I need here, so I'm gonna move on. But the second thing is this, the power of our words. The power of our words. So let's move number one from surface relationships. Number two, let's understand the power of our words. When Sigmund Freud discovered that symptoms of emotional distress could sometimes be relieved simply by taking in certain, talking in, sorry, by talking in certain ways to his patients. He was puzzled and intrigued. Years of medical training had conditioned him to think of people as merely biological 
and chemical entities. He had concluded that problems like anxiety, depression and uh, phobias must reflect some physical disorder or something that needed medical intervention. But if Sigmund Freud had read the book of Proverbs, he would realise that the way we encourage, the way we speak can bring incredible transformation into people's lives. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18.21, good words can make an anxious heart glad. Proverbs 12.25, pleasant words are sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Proverbs 16.25, like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstance. Proverbs 25 verse 11. It says in James chapter three, that our tongues can direct, our tongues can destroy and our tongues can delight. You see, it says our tongues are like the rudder of a ship. Well, that's quite a bit of direction. A rudder of a, a, rudder, a, a, rudder of a ship moves that ship around, a huge ship. And so it's powerful. Our tongue can direct, but it's also like a fire, the Bible says, that can destroy so quickly. And so our tongues can delight or our tongues can destroy. And with our tongues, we worship God like we did this morning where we delight Him and we can bring delight to each other. It's been my absolute life commitment to be an encourager. It's been my life commitment. It's not because I'm Italian. It's not because I've got a sanguine personality. It's not because I'm a people person or, or whatever, because those things can be natural giftings. But as I read my Bible, as I watch how Jesus encouraged all those people, as I watched how He did life, as I watched how He addressed things, I realised I wanna live my life as an encourager. I have one of my dear friends in church for the first time today, on the second row here, Ali, who's come with me this morning. Thank you for coming, Ali. But you know, yes, welcome. My mother's been in a home, was in a home for, for, for nine years and she had dementia for most of that time. And Ali's wife would go into that home as a volunteer and she would stroke my mum, show love to my mum, reach out to my mum and then start reaching out to my dad. And to cut a long story short, obviously my mum's passed away now. Through that encouragement, my dad was so encouraged by someone from another nation that had come to Australia from Iran and, and, and dad had always been in his Italian culture, never stepped out of that. And now someone he knows very little about, someone who he doesn't understand the culture they come from, receives love and starts to give love back. We started having meals together. And I had the privilege of having Ali as a pallbearer at my mum's funeral. And I think just the power of encouragement is so awesome. And the trust that was built through that encouragement. And I wanna just say today, if we can understand the power of encouragement, incredible things can happen. As a pastor, I've tried to be transparent all my life. I've tried to share the truth of who I am 
the, the struggles that I've been through, the times of difficulty, why? Because in that authenticity, there's encouragement. In that authenticity, there's that sense, well, if you can handle suffering, I can handle suffering. We're not here to be put on a stage and say, how awesome are we? But we're here to encourage one another and stir one another up in love and good works. And I could tell you story after story, but you know, one of the reasons why we need encouragement is because we have an enemy that doesn't like us. And what happens is we think less of ourselves than we should, even as Christians. You see, some of the reasons why encouragement is so important is that Christians think less of themselves than they ought to. Satan accuses us all the time that we're not good enough, we're not righteous enough. People make jokes about if I walked into church, the roof would cave in. Uh, People leave church when they make a mistake because I think they're not good enough to come back. We don't need to be able to point the finger at people and go, yeah, they failed, they did this. The enemy does a good job of it, of attacking us anyway. Our job is to have the counter attack to that and we should encourage one another and stir one another up in love and good works. I feel this is where God wants to take us. Our words have spiritual power. Our words have spiritual power. When I was a youth pastor many years ago, there was a young lady that used to come after the service and sit at the front and just talk to me. And each week she'd slashed her wrist just a few more times. And I'm going, why are you doing this? And she goes, well, you know, my mother uh, told me ever since I was a kid that I was ugly, that I was fat. And, 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 and she goes, she hated me. Uh, she wished she'd never had me. I mean, what, how could you ever say that to a kid? And she's in the youth group every week trying to get attention from someone and she would do things to her body. She would harm her body just to get my attention as a youth pastor. And I would say, you don't need to do this. We love you. We're here for you. And the sad story is one day she went a little bit too far and she took her own life. And and, and it's too late then. The power of words that was spoken over her life, she was even told by her mother, I wish the devil would get hold of you. I mean, how could you ever say that to anybody? And yet words can be so destructive that it caused the death of this young lady. And I've seen those kinds of stories over and over again. People don't know what's in your heart. So we need to speak it. People don't know what's in your heart. We need to be able to speak it. I don't believe in flattery. You know, when Pastor Tony preaches or Pastor Kath preaches or someone, I always look for something the Holy Spirit has said to me through the message and I'll repeat it back. And so that was so powerful. That really, that's not a suck up. That's not, because all of us, I'll walk off this platform today and I go, I didn't say any of the things I was planning to do. That didn't go the way. And you can be down on yourself. And we need people to encourage us, not not to flatter us, but to give us those words of courage that can come and go, that I got something out of that that helped my life. And we don't do that enough. We point the finger at leadership. We point the finger at things that go wrong in our world. We point the finger at community leaders. But you know what? Encouragement does such a better job when we learn the power of that. And I believe that it has to go deeper than we have allowed it to go sometimes. And uh, you know, it's easy to judge. But you know, one of the decisions I've made in my life is I will address actions that are wrong, but I won't judge the motive because I don't know. So I can love the person and not agree with an act. If someone does something really silly, you go, well, I don't agree with that act, but I don't throw you away. I love you as a person. We can go on a journey. Pray you don't find fault with the man that limps or stumbles along the road unless you have worn the shoes he wears or stumbled beneath his load. There may be tacks in his shoes that hurt, the hidden away from view 
or the burden that he bears placed on your back might cause you to stumble too. Don't sneer at the man who's downtrodden unless you have felt the blow that caused his fall or feel the shame that only the fallen know. You may be strong, but still it blows. Sorry, but still the blows that were his if dealt to you in the, se- in the self-same way at the self-same time might cause you to stagger too. Don't be too harsh with a man that sins or pelt him with words or stone unless you are sure and doubly sure that you have no sins of your own. For you know, perhaps if the tempter's voice should whisper as soft to you as it did to him when he was astray, it might cause you to falter too. It's so powerful that we move into this new era, I believe in God, where we start to value one another, encourage one another and, uh, you know, um, and see the power of encouragement. A few years ago, I was in Hobart speaking at a conference with Pastor Wayne Alcorn. And we're speaking, and we were staying at the same hotel. And every day when we would walk out, there was a lady that was playing the piano in the foyer of the hotel. She was a street lady and you could tell by her, had probably not had a bath or a shower for months. She lived out of one little bag and she would sit at that piano and play classical piano and people would just stop and go, wow, what is that? And we would walk past and watch her and I asked a staff member one day, what's the story here? And they said, oh, she was a world-class pianist. But one day driving out of the back, uh, driving out of the driveway of her house, she ran over her own child and killed her child. And she blamed herself for the accident. Her husband left her. She lost everything. And she ended up on the streets by blaming herself for taking the life of her own child. She has nowhere to live. And so when the hotel shuts down at night, we let her sleep in the foyer. And she plays and we feed her a little bit of food and she plays in the foyer all day. So I talked to Wayne and I said, let's go and talk to her. And we went up to her one day and said, your playing just touches our hearts and your music is incredible. And she goes, no, 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 stay away from me. Like this, really, really paranoid. And we thought we've got to do something. And so what we did one morning, Wayne and I went to a chocolate shop. We just bought some chocolates. We filled in a card and told her how much God loved her, how much God passionately wanted to change her life and was for her, not against her. And we came and gave her these chocolates and we gave her the card. And she goes, no, 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 no. And she's freaking out. We said, look, please, we don't want anything. We just love what you're doing and we just wanted to honour you. And she's going, no, no. And we said, you know, God loves you and you need to know He understands your pain. And she just, tears just started running down her face. We were there at that conference for a week. And the next couple of days when we went to the piano to talk to her, she would look up at us and smile. And she's going, thank you. She's going, thank you. Thank you for encouraging me. We were able to get a church group in Hobart to gather around her and minister to her and take her under their wing. And a lady who was so down and so out, just a little gift, just a little reaching out with encouragement brought about such change in one individual's life. Can you imagine if we were all engaging in this ministry? And this morning, you know, I I really feel, if the muses, thank you, come back. I really feel that God wants wants us to make a decision that we're gonna speak encouragement, number one. Just make it, it's so simple. This message is so simple this morning, but it's probably harder to do, but it's not that hard. 
We just need to speak encouragement. Two, spend time with people. Do you know what? With COVID, why don't we get on the phone and ring people? I'm on the phone for hours, ringing pastors around this country every week. I'm mentoring 12 churches at the moment and many of those pastors wanna give up. And I'm on the phone giving them Scriptures and encouraging them. Is it because I want extra points when I go to heaven? Is it because I want, oh, look at Pastor Danny, what an awesome man. No, no, no. I know the power of encouragement. I carry it in my own heart. I know what it means. And so I can speak encouragement. I can spend time with people. And then last of all, I can show acts of kindness. When was the last time you bought a meal for someone just because you want it? In the foyer, when's the last time we bought coffees for someone? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying you don't do it, but you know, those things are not just here's a coffee. They are acts of kindness that go so far. The kinds of, I have a friend, Pastor Jeff Woodward, who's one of my best friends. Every time we're in a restaurant and we have a meal, he'll pay for the meal of the table behind us without telling him. And we walk out and sometimes we've had people chase us to the car park. Why did you do that? You know, it doesn't cost that much and we don't have to pay for a whole table. But let me tell you, there's things we can do at work. Make a coffee for the people you work with. Some days take some biscuits in or whatever. But I believe that the ministry of encouragement tears down the walls, breaks down the walls. I love being here on a Sunday after the meeting, not because I'm trying to show Pastor Tony that I'm faithful. He doesn't expect that from me. It's because I love to be an encouragement. But can I say this? You encourage me and people speak into my life. I had this week a member of this congregation who's gone through so much in their life, got to speak at a Rotary Club and I got to go and I got to listen. And as I'm watching the speech, which was incredible, you know, they're probably here this morning, but the journey of that person's life is flashing before my eyes, going, God was there, God was there, God was there. And what brought it about, a lot of it, was just being there for your friends in encouragement when they wanna give up and say, don't give up, don't give up. And I just pray today, dear God, I pray that as a family here at Life Adelaide, that we will so be touched by this Truth that we have within our hands, the power to speak words of encouragement, to spend time with people and lift them and to express our kindness and show who you are to a world that doesn't know you. God, we're sick of all the noise. We come back with the words of Isaiah. Don't listen to conspiracies. Don't listen to these lies. I'm with you, I lift you, I encourage you. As I come to a close this morning, I just wanna say I've had the privilege of meeting people here that may not yet have made a decision to follow God because they're discovering that, they're going on the journey. But it's been the encouragement of you people and the encouragement around this place that's made those people feel at home and feel that they can be here and ask the questions and go on the journey. Because it's not all about our theology. That stuff can be sorted, but it's about that encouragement 
that every human being is valued by God and that we're here to be a helping hand, to be words of love, words of encouragement. Let's do it today after the meeting. Find something good. We can go up to someone and go, gee, when, when you did that. Go up to the worship leaders when you, when you sang that song or whatever. We don't use flattery, as I said, but we use words of encouragement because it really does lift everybody to a place of trusting God, trusting each other and know that God is good all the time. Father, we thank You today for Your goodness in our lives. We thank You, Lord, that we can put our trust in You. We thank You, Lord, that these difficult times don't have to define what happens to us. And I just pray as a family here at Life and across the body of Christ that we will be ministers of encouragement. We thank You for Barnabas in the Bible, who was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith because his name meant encouragement. We wanna be ministers of encouragement today, Lord. Help us do that. As Pastor Tony comes and just shares how we can be encouraged to connect with You today. I pray that transformation will happen in all our lives. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.